When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Here comes Donald and he spins Burrow around and then tried to throw it away. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Les Snead, general manager of the Rams. How do you have room under the cap for all the signings that you have, including Donald? There is ways to be creative. The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests. ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorst. Senior writer for the MMQB. Albert Breer. Plus, actor Mike Coulter. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Yes, welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. I'm sitting here in the Los Angeles studio of said Rich Eisen Show on NBC Sports on Peacock. We say hello to our Sirius XM Channel 85 NBC Sports audio audience, terrestrial radio audience from coast to coast. That's how we roll. Also on Odyssey, we say hello to our podcast listeners who are listening whenever they darn well please by getting this podcast, hopefully hitting that subscribe button and joining the RSS feed on the Cumulus Podcast Network, our podcast available where all podcasts can be acquired. Our YouTube page, almost 425,000 subscribers, up to the minute numbers for those who actually care. Uh, <laughs> YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show, hit that subscribe button. Good to see you over there, Christopher. How are you? Hey, Rich, it's uh, 424,791. Be the 424,792nd. <laughs> it's the most special number out there. Trust me. Good to see you over there, DJ Mikey D. Hey, Rich. Good morning. Day three, Mike. Day three. DJ. Day three. Thank you. Mikey D's third day of residency here in the Rich Eisen Show. Good to see you over there. TJ Jefferson lighting the candle. Hey, good morning, Richard. I was wanting you to, you know, unbutton a few buttons today to get Jerry Buses, but you didn't want to do it. It's funny. He's bringing up the fact that I I came in wearing a different shirt. I'm wearing this one today. This one, it just felt like a blue roll up my sleeves day. Maybe it's because I saw Stephen A. Smith with a similar uh, look today (laughs) on today's program. Uh, and and I was, we were going back and forth about um, what we're going to talk about mm-hmm. on the show today. And I, I unbuttoned a couple of the top buttons thinking I was just going to head back to change my <laughs> shirt. You said something about let's start the show with this, which we're about to. Um, uh-huh. And uh, I came back in to, you know, talk about it. Uh, you know, and the, the, the buttons were still unbuttoned. Thankfully, there's not a photograph of that. <laughs> I, I so the bussing it. with the boys guys won't use it against oh, me. Man, I, I should have videoed I, that, Chris. I should have DM'd it. We're going to hit on that. On. We're going to hit on that. Dang it. You know, we're going to hit on that. We're also going to hit on um, the NBA Finals tonight, game three yeah. in Boston. Best of fives now. It's now best of five. Boston took some, uh, some blood. 
Who's got home court? Game one, the Boston Celtics do. If they win every game (laughs) on the court of TD Garden, as (laughs) Michael Chiklis, our third-hour guest, said he told his daughter, asking him about Red Auerbach, he's like, honey, they... They what did he say? They they burned his, his they burned his name in the parquet, parquet floor. 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 <laughs> and that's how he said it. <laughs> they burned his name in the parquet floor. By the way, I got some heat with Chickless, and we'll get to that later. Oh, we will right. get to him oh, later. Chiklis. Get to that later. Oh no. oh no. Also, something to talk about later on today uh, is the Live Golf Tour. Right? It's not L I V. Right? Live on. Why Sunday. are they calling it Live? Do we know that? Can I live? That's why. I don't know. Is, is it the Roman numeral thing? I don't know. Well, that's 54. I don't know. Because they've got 48 players, right? 48 players. Four teams of 12. They had a draft yesterday. I don't oh, know if you guys missed a live it. draft. I, I don't didn't know, know you that. you guys missed that. Did you did, on that? Did, did Ari Fleischer run that too? <laughs> Unclear. I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. Everybody vote yesterday? Phil, Phil, yes, I did. I did. Okay. Uh, Four aces, a bunch of weird team uh, names. Chris is still talking about golf, which means he didn't <laughs> uh, vote yesterday. Oh, man. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, Kevin Van Valkenburg has been covering this for ESPN. He will be on this program. First up is going to be Brian Winhorst in about Windy. 15 minutes' time talking about all of that. Oh. And um, uh, in the NBA Finals, he's be calling in from Boston. Uh, Mike Coulter, who's uh, used to be on Luke Cage, it's the last time he was on this program. He's now one of the stars of Evil on Paramount Plus. He's a Warrior fan. He'll be in Studio Hour Number Three. We'll uh, preview a little bit of basketball with him. Albert Breer is going to be first up, uh, joining us in about uh, an hour's time. He's going to kick off Hour Number Two with all the football stories going on here in the NFL. I love when because, you and Albert get together. You just never know which way the conversation is going to go. You know, <laughs> Michigan and Ohio State, I've got at least, what, uh, five more months of, uh, of of good times living my life. <laughs> and I'm just letting all those who are listening and watching in uh, Canton, Ohio, I'll, I'll be there in August. Um, we'll I'll be, be there. there right? we'll, uh, if you, hey, you want to come to Canton? Sounds great. <laughs> Um, so, um, we'll talk to Albert about everything. Mandatory minicamps of uh, uh, Palooza right now. Mm-hmm. And who's there, who's not? That's the conversations. Who's there, who's not? And uh, Sam, I love this talk. Uh, who's there, who's not? I'm only talking about the guys who are here, uh, says the coaches. I'm only talking about the guys who are not here, says the media. <laughs> and exactly. uh, last I checked, we're not coaches. So um, guess who's not in mandatory minicamp in Seattle? DK Metcalf. We're all, we're all looking at Debo. Right, we spent the pre-draft looking at Debo and AJ Brown. Right, because Debo asked for a trade. AJ Brown was not happy either. He wanted a contract, and the Titans traded him on draft night. How about that? Out of all the quarter, out of all the quarterbacks that you know want their money, and we were thinking might get traded, or wide receivers who wanted their money and thinking might get traded. It was A.J. Brown who did. He's now in Philadelphia, and Philadelphia paid him. Part of the reason why they could pay him is because they had a contract um, available to give him for the amount of money he wanted because they have a quarterback on his first rookie deal. That's what we were told. Hey, reason why A.J. Brown and we're raising their hand saying, we'll take him in Philadelphia. reason why they didn't pay him that in Tennessee is because Tennessee has a quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. Not on his first rookie deal, but they did <laughs> draft a rookie anyway, and we'll keep our eyes on that as conditions warrant. But we're focused on DK Metcalf now because Debo is in camp holding in, apparently. He's not holding out. He's showing up. 
Can't get fined. I'm here. I'm just here so I won't get fined. He's got the go. Marshawn Lynch because <laughs> all he's caring about right now is his chicken. He's taking care of his chicken, and he's showing up so he won't get fined. And we'll hit on that later on. But DK's not there. What's up with that? DK not there. Now, he had foot surgery. Even if he was there, he couldn't practice, right? I mean, he's taking care of that foot. So why not show up? Knowing that you're not going to practice anyway, right? You kind of have that medical excuse. Why isn't he there? Great question. I don't know. Part of the reason why we're having Albert Breer on the program. And that just leads me to believe this. Because the, the, the Seahawks don't have a quarterback on a long-term big fat deal anymore. They traded him away to Denver, didn't they? By the way, the Broncos have new ownership. They do. Yes, they do. And um, it's the Walton family. And I'm not talking about John Boy from the 70s. <laughs> Thank you for laughing at that. I've dated myself with that reference. <laughs> Ma, pa, thank John you. Boy. Yeah, Brockman has no idea what we're talking about. The Walton's were great. So, uh, where, wh- wh- you know, wh- what's up with that? Wh- why are the Seahawks holding off on paying DK? Are they? Is there something up with that? Great questions all around. So, let's stir it up a little bit here. Where could DK go? Who's going to call John Schneider right now and offer something that he cannot refuse? <laughs> I've got a team to do it. Uh-oh. Now, look, Uh-oh. we DK Metcalf would improve the chances of any team winning, and that includes the Seattle Seahawks, <laughs> yeah. by the way. First and so, foremost. <laughs> but, I mean, if the Seahawks are raising this thing down to the ground. Yeah, they're not going to do much winning this If year, the guys. Seahawks are raising this thing down to the ground, and they swear that they're not, I mean, Pete's not sticking around, still coaching, you know, to raise this thing down to the ground. He's always competing, and they they can maybe stick around and hang in there to see if Baker pops free, Jimmy G and his surgically repaired shoulder pops free. But that doesn't really help us for this mode of a conversation. I've got a team, and you can't – we're not going to sit here and say the Bills, obviously, Right. right? We're not going to sit here and say the Chiefs or any other team in the AFC West, Rams. right? The Rams, you know, we had less need on yesterday. Yeah, sure, there's room for one more. We'll figure it out. I'll kick over a rock. Obviously, We're going to keep drafting young kids so we can afford the big contracts and afford the first and second round picks to be effed. Which team do you think? could use a big-time physical wide receiver on the outside that would make a significant difference to their team, especially since they took their, for the last couple of years, number one wide receiver and sent him packing. Oh, I know. Which team used to have a very physical presence outside the numbers Going up top, and on occasion, he would catch it. And while bringing it in, he would take a couple of massive large steps because he was a big, physical human being (laughs) and gain about 10 yards on the play after the catch as he's going down to the ground, (laughs) which then would cause the ball to come loose. 
And back in the day, that rule that's currently on the books wasn't, and that was not a catch. Which team you know, it's funny. would that be? Who's been raising his hand in my peripheral vision for the last quick, 60 seconds? Before, before you, when you got going, I thought you were talking about the team, what he's going to say, was playing that day. <laughs> um, Green Bay getting DK Metcalf for Aaron Rodgers would be spectacular. Nice. I'm going to admit something. When you first started that, that's where I was going to say I the thought, Packers. That's what I thought. Then as you went on, I'm like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> He's but talking about no, me. Because I'm trying to be realistic here. Yeah. That would be totally out of character for that team. I thought that's uh, where you were going at yes. first, though. Especially because they actually... The Green Bay Packers do not do that sort of maneuvering with future picks and things of that nature, although they do have a quarterback now with a remaining window, and Aaron Rodgers spoke yesterday about having that window being there in Green Bay, and that would be a nice maneuver to do. But I am talking about the Dallas Cowboys, who, as you know, in my top five storylines and things about the 2022 seasons that I have talked myself into quite a bit. Was it Dallas was No, it's that Dallas is taking a step back. Dallas has taken a step back, and Philadelphia, with the aforementioned A.J. Brown, could take a, could zoom right past him in that diamond HOV lane of the NFC East. Entirely possible. Dallas should be on the phone to Seattle right now. How huge would D.K. Metcalf be with the star on the side of his helmet? Well, he's going to be huge regardless because he's just How big, but... huge? I will repeat it. And I do appreciate your... Deflection. <laughs> and I do appreciate his star ability to make himself a figurative star wherever he goes. But the star on the side of that helmet, Thanksgiving days, Monday nights, Sunday nights, DK Metcalf on the Dallas Cowboys is exactly the play that Jerry Jones would make. Exactly the play that Jerry Jones is built to make exactly the play the Dallas Cowboys used to do before Jerry started getting people with a little bit more of a long-term approach <laughs> talking. This is exactly the sort of stuff. He's the one who went and traded for Amari Cooper and gave up those picks. He's the one that has made maneuvers just like this. Jerry says that he wants to win while... He can, as we all know. He said that he told the good Lord before that winning that third Super Bowl that if he won that one, he wouldn't ask for another, and he wants to now redo that negotiation, <laughs> redo that deal. This is the deal to help renegotiate that deal. If it can be made, do it. Call him up. Get DK for Dak? Come on. Dak to DK? You know, it's built for everything. DK and Dak. The only thing missing in DK is the A from Dak. Right? The A game. <laughs> Are you picking up what I'm putting down? I so am. TJ. I got a pair of brand new Jordans on right now, and I'm picking them up and putting them down, Rich. How did we make first that round, happen? First though, round pick. How did they make that happen? First round pick, right? It's going to be a pick in like the 20s. First round pick. 
But since, yeah, that's a pick in the twenties. Since the draft already thinking, happened, do you think that that's something that they or would do? Or it's thirty second overall because oh, yeah. Dallas can actually do it with him, right? Since you think that they can win the Super Bowl, Dak, DKCD, CD, Dak, DK, CD, Gallup, Zeke, Pollard, and Your on boy. the other side, oh yeah, Micah, right, and. Tank. Mr. Diggs. And Diggs. So I'm just saying, DK in Dallas takes my narrative that they've taken a step back and erases it. Now I'm talking now I'm talking myself into thinking that they're that's an upgrade on Amari Cooper. How about that? I like the way you think, Rich. Ooh, I like your style. This is the stuff that Jerry used to do, man. I just got a phone call from a Dallas. I wonder if that's Jerry trying to get a hold of me. Two one four? Yeah. Hold on. Once we do that deal. Wow. I, did, I really did not think of it like that. Dallas. It's the first thing I thought of when I heard DK's not there. I'm like, Dallas should be on the phone right now. What can we do? What can we do? We'll pay him. And if you're sitting there, well, how can they afford him? How the hell is Los Angeles doing? <laughs> right. Right? We How's got, Les Need doing? We got to scratch. Let's go. Oh, man. Yeah. I, was, I was already having a good day, and you just you yeah. made sometimes, me even more Sometimes, you know, Stan Kroenke walks in. Fresh out, fresh out of his Maybach. I don't know for what he drives. <laughs> well, right, he's, he's being driven. I'm you know, sure. Jerry. Jerry looks at it, spits on it, spits on it. I know you're rich, Stan, but you know what? I'm Texas rich. <laughs> I'm all rich. I'm cowboy rich. You know what? Assistant coaches come here and stay here because they know I'm event. I'm eventually going to fire my head coach, and they can come in here too. That's Jerry Jones. The old Jerry Jones would be on the phone to Seattle, making that deal right now. Watch DK shows up today anyway. But I'll say this. Do it. Oh, we're off and running on this program. Let's take a break. Brian Windhorst will join us. Let's turn uh, Let's turn the page to the NBA Finals. Game three tonight. Quinn Snyder also, as we know, has left his post in Utah. What's going on there? Um, uh, speaking of the Celtics and Danny Ainge is now the, the man who's going to be trying to shop for a new head coach there. Uh, what is what can he tell us about the Lakers scenario that's unfolding just down the street from uh, right here in El Segundo, California? We'll take a break. It is Brian Winhorst, and then you at 844-204-RICH throughout the day. Don't go anywhere. We're off and running on this Wednesday. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed 
Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844 rich number to dial. Love talking to this guy. He makes me smarter, and I just love watching him on the Worldwide Leader in Sports. And him being on this program, I follow him on Twitter. He's a must-follow, a must-listen, certainly in advance of a Game 3 that is – Tipping off tonight, it's at midnight, right? It tips off at midnight, <laughs> right? They're just going to keep pushing it back. I'm sorry. No, 9 o'clock Eastern time in Boston. Oh, so the, the home folks will be well-oiled for tip-off tonight of the NBA Finals in Boston between the Warriors and the Celtics. That's on ABC. Our friend from the worldwide leader in sports, Brian Windhorst, back here on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. How you doing, Brian? The Niblicks. That's the team I've selected as my live golf team. Oh, nice. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah. Did not know that. Do you, do you play, you'll, Brian? You'll learn. Do you get out there? Do you play? Yeah, but I'm never going to play with you. You sound like a ball of laughs. On <laughs> <laughs> I just want to play, and I want to have fun, and I just want to get sounds th- like it. I just want to get through it, Brian. I just yeah. want to get through it, and I come out, you know, and I, I go to play golf to look at the trees and the sun. This is why I'm not good at golf. You know, and just and just you know, and and just enjoy the quiet, right? I I I like to hear the birds chirp. I don't need to hear the birds on your radio. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. It's an old school music <laughs> reference. Okay. Uh, let's let's just jump right into it. Uh, what is the main storyline for tonight's game three, in your estimation, Brian Winhorst? Well, it's not what everybody's talking about. Everybody's talking about stupid technical fouls, but uh, to me. We, I don't even think you need to look at the score of the game as the game is going on. I've tried to lobby our, uh, our fine producers at the television uh, network here to have a running tally of Celtics turnovers because the only thing that really is, going to, is, is the barometer of whether the Celtics win or lose this game is their turnovers. Um, this, this postseason, when they turn it over 15 times or less, they're 13 and two. When they turn it over over 15 times, they're 0 and five. That's what happened in game two. Um, I don't care about Draymond Green, you know, fake shoving somebody during a dead ball. Um, Steph Curry was good. You know, he had five threes. He averages four and a half threes a game in his playoff career. He's slightly above average. Um, the Warriors scored 107 points in game two, and they got 33 points off of the Celtics turnovers. Mm which is the second most in the last 25 years. And the turnovers that the Celtics make are mind-numbing. They just throw the ball to the other team. It has happened throughout the playoffs. It's happened like two and a half times a series. It's, it's wild. Um, but that, to me, is the storyline. I know it's not as fun as talking about somebody 
bodying somebody else up on a rebound or a technical foul, but that is what's really going on. In this series. It is the it's the it's the MS truth, no question about it. So you know it. Um, uh, thus, I'm sure the coaching staff of the Celtics know it. How do they rectify it? I mean, or, or it just is what it is. It's just it, it's part of their the team's DNA, and they just hope it doesn't pop up. I mean, what do you do? Why don't your children clean their rooms? <laughs> Um, yeah, it's wild. You know, I've been nice. with the Celtics for six weeks now, um, yeah. and uh, I think they're a championship team. I mean, I have huge respect for the Warriors, and, and you know, the thing about it is, like, Steph hasn't even really he's been he's been good. He hasn't been great. If Steph is great tonight or another game in this series, he will he will single handedly beat them. If he has an eight or nine three point game, which obviously he's capable of doing, he'll beat them. But Steph, even though his numbers are good, he He's just been okay. He had one incredible quarter in game one. Other than that, he's just been Steph. Um, the, the game has been determined about whether or not the, uh, the, the Celtics hand the ball away. Um, and they did this in, against the Bucks. They did this against the Heat. And, you know, so to me, the Celtics, when they play straight-up half-court defense, they're really hard to beat, almost impossible to beat. They haven't been able to... They've been consistently able to win when they've played just straight up half court defense without, you know, handing the ball away. So to me, that's it. If, if, if Jason Tatum doesn't go in there and try to throw a 500 mile an hour pass to a guy standing four feet from him, <laughs> if Jalen Brown doesn't lose the ball in the dribble, which has literally happened about 25 times in the last three weeks, I, I just don't know why he, he's such a weak dribbler in traffic, but he is, and yet he keeps dribbling into traffic. It's kind of mind-numbing to watch it. Um, and that's what is really probably going to be a factor for the rest of the games in this series. And then so the Warriors clean up what? If they if they have um, something to clean up, what is that? Well, the Warriors are not getting production from anybody other than Steph. And while it was fun to watch Steph and Jordan Poole hit those shots in the third quarter, the Something interesting happened, Rich, was that the Warriors stopped running their offense. They stopped their motion offense where everybody's running around in circles and the ball moves to six different players and there's an open shot created because Andrew Wiggins and Clay Thompson and even Jordan Poole, you know, to a certain extent, weren't hitting shots for the, for, for, like, for a long time. You know, Clay was four of 19 in game two. And so they relied on straight Steph Curry pick and rolls, a very basic play. It happens to be very difficult to stop. And, you know, he made some threes and was able to get downhill into the lane and stuff. And the Celtics just didn't defend it that well. But they abandoned the rest of their offense. And I don't think that's going to work over the long haul. Again, they don't get those turnovers. They don't win that game. I know that's what nobody wants to say that. Everybody says, oh, the Warriors are great. They were kicking tail. I'm telling you, in straight half-court offense, they were just okay. And so they got to get back to the Splash Brothers getting it done. And that Clay doesn't have to score 35, but he's got to be a weapon so that they can run their offense and have the Celtics respect them as they move the ball around. Brian Windhorst here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show getting set for Game 3 uh, on ABC tonight at 9 Eastern time. Let's talk about uh, the aftermath uh, of some teams that have already been eliminated. The Miami Heat, Pat Riley um, at a press conference saying he has no intention of giving up the reins, that he's still enthusiastic, invigorated, and issued a challenge to some of the players on the roster to play better, and Hero and, and Lowry. 
All that said, uh, are, does that mean they're planning on just running it back, or can they make a big splash coming up in July? What do you and think he's he's planning there in Miami? Rich, there was an iconic Pat Riley quote in that press conference, and there almost always is at these yes. season-ending things. Like I, I was unfortunately flying from coast to coast during that. Otherwise, I would have been pulled up with a bowl of popcorn because he always is amazing. I don't think people are respecting this iconic Riley quote. Uh, he was asked by the media exactly what you just said, which is, can you run it back with this team next year? And Pat said, why not? I run it back with my wife every week. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear that one. Epic. I know it's Uncle, a failure of American well, media that that quote is not being assigned the proper credit. Well, unpack that for me. What, is it, what, what, what does that mean? Brian, what does that mean? It means he's got a wonderful marriage. Um, (laughs) No, uh, Pat Riley always, always, always hunts star players. Right. And, um, in fact, I would argue that he, a couple years ago, he kind of, you know, in the wake of LeBron leaving and Dwayne Wade leaving, he had a momentary lapse uh, where he started giving, you know, sort of above-average players huge contracts, like uh, Deion Waiters and James Johnson, and um, Tyler Johnson, and the, the Heat went into a little bit of a tailspin, and then he he shook out of that um, that periodic uh, situation and and re, re you know got to refocused and got Jimmy Butler, and now he's got Kyle Lowry, and they you know they have them out of bio. They will hunt whoever becomes available, and so we sit here today. Your next question is, well, who's available? Right, somebody will becoming available, whether it happens in the next two weeks or whether it happens in six months. Pat Riley will always hunt stars who will want to be in Miami. And they have a good team, and they have good pieces, and they made a little trade that um, probably nobody, unless you work deeply within the NBA, even remembers. But they made a teeny-weeny little trade right before the deadline buzzer uh, at the trade deadline with the Oklahoma City Thunder that freed them up to trade some draft picks. They were they couldn't trade draft picks under arcane rules that I won't go into right now, mm-hmm. but they made this little teeny deal with the Thunder that freed up their ability to trade some picks going forward. So in addition to having some good guys on their, on their team they can trade, they also have draft picks that they can trade now. And um, so I think they will be hunters. I do not think they will be satisfied with running it back. We'll see what opportunities may open themselves in the next couple of months. So, uh, while uh, I'm, I'll just be completely silly here, the the tweet that Joel Embiid sent during Game Seven when the Celtics no. beat the Heat, right? That, that's that's no, Joel Embiid. You know, Rich, right. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna clue you into a little something. Go for it. Joel Embiid's Twitter handle is Troel. <laughs> Troll. <laughs> Don't. Don't pay attention to stuff that Joel Embiid tweets about stuff like that. No, that's not that has nothing to do with what's going to go on. Okay, so uh, are, are, could you be referring to a, uh, a star player that's uh, on somebody else's team right now that we're not thinking of that Miami would just I would, start knocking on doors? I would just say the Heat will be opportunistic, and I'm not sure it's going to happen in the next couple of months. It could happen in a year. But if you're asking me what Pat Riley's goal is, I think Pat Riley knows this is probably not a championship team. That he needs another big piece. And what he was expressing was that he's going to stay on the hunt. And so if you're asking me about the Heat, I would say 
they have some things they can do to make things interesting. Let's just see how it plays out in the next, you know, I would say the next nine to 12 months. So then Riley would actually agree with Troel Embiid's tweet that Miami needs another star. Although, if he was being honest, I believe he would. But uh, I, I doubt he would say that publicly. Okay. Uh, Brian Windhorst here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, how do you think LeBron is uh, thinking of the future here? Because it sure sounded like Darvin Ham was giving the indication they are running it back. And LeBron said, if we run it back and we're all healthy, the we obviously being Anthony Davis and Russ, uh, we'll be much better. Do you think that's actually the, the case for the Lakers right now after Ham's press conference, which was also fascinating with Russell Westbrook standing there <laughs> watching it? Brian. Well, you know, let's keep in mind they finished 11th in the West last year. So if our, if our bar is... Um, we can improve. I think that that is accomplishable. Can they improve to being a top seven or eight, you know, 16? I don't know about that. Is there constantly, is there, is there put together right now? You look around the West and you look at the teams that, you know, are ahead of them. There's not a lot of teams ahead of them that are going backsliding. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, they, they absolutely can be better if they're healthier. Of course, they were completely decimated by injury this year. Of course, I expect them to be better. But I don't see them as a serious contender um, in the short term. And so, to me, you know, we'll learn a little bit about LeBron in August because um, he'll have seen their, their offseason by then. And uh, he has one year on his contract. He's 37. And I believe and slash assume i have i don't know this for 100 percent sure but I'm, i believe the lakers will offer him a contract extension in august and he can he can extend for up to two years there's rules on players who are of that age about how long they can extend for so he can extend up to two years and 100 million and um the lakers offer it you know will he sign it you know that's a that's a question that we'll have to see how it develops but uh you know what darvin ham was doing at his press conference i believe was just sort of setting a uh, a standard for what he wanted Russell Westbrook to do. And because one of the things that happened, Rich, was at the end of the season in a press conference that I thought was just unbelievable for its out-of-touchness, Westbrook blamed the coaching staff and the organization for his his failure during the season. Mm-hmm. He said that it, he said that his his role wasn't spelled out and and that you know he did he wasn't given a chance and so Darvin Ham came in and his first order of business was to explain exactly what he expects out of Russell Westbrook. And so now Russell has heard it in June, three months before the next season, and so he knows what he's expected to do. He's expected to play excellent defense and sacrifice. And that way, if he doesn't do that, then they can reduce his playing time or bench him or whatever, and he really can't complain about it. But the reason that he's saying that is to answer Westbrook and also because they know that today – they not play, don't play next season's games today. They play them in months. But today, the Lakers don't have a trade that makes sense for them for Westbrook. So they have to prepare like he's going to be there. If they had a trade, they would execute it. But the reality is that they're probably going to have Westbrook, and so that's the way that Darvin is approaching it. I do not think he is implying that he's going to sprinkle some sort of game plan and fairy dust, and all of a sudden Russell Westbrook is going to be an MVP caliber player again. I don't think anybody who looks at the game – on a, on a high level, believes that. And I, I have a lot of respect for Darvin Ham. 
All right, um, in my couple of minutes remaining with you, Brian Winhorst, uh, let's finish up the way we started, uh, where you said, hey, uh, this is what people need to be talking about, about game three, and nobody's talking about it, i.e. the Celtics turnovers. So the upcoming offseason, what are we not talking about? What should we be talking about? What are we missing? Is it Zion? Is it what might be going on in Portland with a sale of the team and Damian Lillard? What's on the radar screen for you that might not be for others that we should know about? Well, in this next three weeks, we have a couple of players who have very important decisions with opt-outs in their contracts, um, namely James Harden and Kyrie Irving. So um, I would guess that they're going to pick up those options and bypass free agency, but do they pick up those options with contract extensions? Do they pick up those options without contract extensions? What happens to their teams if they're only on one-year contracts? How are they going to approach that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just saw Sean Marks, the general manager of the Nets, come out in a press conference a couple of weeks ago and basically say without saying that Kyrie was going to have a different level of accountability, and he heard that, I'm sure, and now has to react to that by making his decision on his contract. So, um, you know, there's quite a few decisions. And there's, there's also some other players like Brad Beal, who has an option in his contract. Now, the indications are all that Brad is going to, you know, uh, remain with the Wizards, but he has not picked it up yet. Hmm. <laughs> you know, he has not worked out a contract yet. So um, I'm waiting to hear, you know, when you hear who the top free agents are, people are like, oh, well, Zach Levine and this guy and that guy. Nobody is saying Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. Let's wait until those options get picked up. <laughs> and when those get picked up, then we'll take them off the board. But um, are they going to be on one-year contracts? Are they going to be on four-year contracts? That's you know that's what no one's talking about right now. Maybe there's going to be drama. Maybe there won't be. And speaking of drama, is the Utah drama going to be you know with Spider Mitchell and uh, Gobert and everything else that played there uh, with Quinn Snyder's departure? Does, does that get smoothed over? What happens in Utah? Uh, do you think? You know, I, it's if Utah played in one of the big markets, this would be a talking point on ESPN every single day um, they're, because they had the number one overall seed in last year's playoffs. And then their team president is gone. And then the next year, their highly successful coach is gone. And they have two all-star players who have a contentious relationship and the team is going the wrong direction. And trust me, there's a bunch of teams out there keeping a very close eye on how that goes, but you don't have to have incredible insight to, uh, to deduce, that, that 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 organization, which was very strong not too long ago, is going in the wrong direction, and the pieces on it could be very interesting to other people, starting with Quinn Snyder. <laughs> Somebody will hire that guy to coach in a short in a short uh, in a short time frame. Brian, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Um, look for my call again before draft, before free agency, during it, all the time. Really appreciate it. Love watching I'll you be on in TV. Group 16A there, Rich. Okay, very good. And I'll see you in that grouping. I'll see all you in right. that grouping. I'll be Bye-bye. right behind you, telling you to hurry. Thanks for the call. Brian Winhorst, everybody, at Winhorst ESPN. Fantastic. Brian Winhorst, Winhorst and the Hoop Collective, there, a, great, a great podcast as well. Winhorst Everyone knows it's windy. <laughs> I just, again, he knows everything about it. He's not wrong about tonight, is he? Celtics turnovers, that's it. That's it. That's it. If they have the under, that they win. They have the 15. over. Yeah. If they have the under, they win. They have the over, they'll lose. Yep. Speaking of over-unders, Rich, Scott yes. Foster uh, refereeing tonight. 
What does that mean? Oh. What does it mean? Oh, it's just... So anytime Scott Foster gets mentioned as the... Hold on a second. Anytime Scott Foster gets mentioned as being the referee, it's whatever you, for your team, who thinks that whatever will hurt your team is about to be exacted against your team with this man as the vessel. You read into him, he, he, you read into his assignment every last conspiracy theory that you want. Well, we know too if, much. If you, if you think your team is about to take a leg up and you think the league is against your team, Scott Foster's your man to be on the job. If you think that the league wants a series to go longer to the detriment of your team, Scott Foster's the man that gets assigned. So what does Scott Foster's assignment tonight mean to you, Chris? Well, Rich, uh, this season in Scott Foster officiated games, the Celtics are 12-0. and 0. Oh. Oh, okay. Did so this is a good thing coming. for you. Because <laughs> so, normally you mention his name yeah, it's like a bad thing. it's a bad thing. Again, uh, Mike Coulter in a show called Evil is in hour number three. Yeah. You would normally think that show's about Scott Foster being assigned to your game, uh, Chris. Some, and he, that's you how know, you mention his name all the time. Well, it just means, you know, if you are leaning a certain way. What's his record in Warriors games? Do we know? Uh, good question. I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, see? <laughs> Could it be one of those something's got to give moments? Uh, let's see. Celtics are 12-0 and 0 when he calls. Like, so the Warriors what? are 0-15. <laughs> Come on. So what? So you grew up a Laker fan? Grew up a Celtic fan? It depends. Again, like it's it's however you want to read into this guy. This poor guy. Just trying to do his job. No, no, no. Absolutely. Just trying to do his job. Trying to do his job. Didn't you see the video that the NBA official sent out? He's got a good singing voice. He's got a sense of humor. He's a human. Great. He's a person. Great. Awesome. Let's let's get Chris hit. Paul thinks he if he's assigned they're going to lose. You think if he's assigned we're going to win. Let's it's get, just like how I mean yeah, come on. Uh-huh. by the way you know what that means? Well, means Chris he's probably Paul a good has, ref. Means he's probably a really good ref. Chris Paul's not far off for thinking that. Game either. 3. Let's go to Tim D in Delaware County oh, on line stop 1. It, stop and it, see what he says. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> good god. <laughs> All right. We'll take a break. When we come back here on the uh, Rich Eisen Show, I'll give my two cents on the New York Times report that came out yesterday when we went off the air on Deshaun Watson. Don't go anywhere. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
844-204-RICH, number to dial. Back here on our terrestrial radio show. We've been sitting here on Peacock last couple minutes, also on NBC Sports on Peacock, Sirius XM, uh, Channel 85, NBC Sports Audio. So uh, Albert Breer is going to join us in a moment. The Cleveland Browns have been saying all week, including today, that they're just going to respect the process when it comes to Deshaun Watson. The issue is, is at some point, they're going to have to account for what the process was for them and how the process that's going on with an investigation that the league is conducting also includes more accusations. That's part of the process, too. And that includes an incredibly eye-opening and uh, stomach-turning report in the New York Times from yesterday. Jenny Varentis, she did some due diligence that clearly the Browns did not. And um, went in through the depositions, went through the depositions, did her own reporting. And it appears, according to the New York Times, that the Sean Watson employed not one, not 24, because that's just the the 24 lawsuits that have been filed against him civilly based on his behavior in these uh, massages. 66 different masseuses in 17 months. 66. Many of them he found on Instagram. Many of them he direct messaged to contract their services. And um, one of whom did not appreciate his advances and even um, put on social media some exchanges that the two of them had had and warned him I could destroy you, which led to a member of the Texan security staff furnishing him with an an NDA, a non-disclosure arrangement for him to give to the strangers who he's getting massages from, including some that he would reach out to. And this is the bizarre stuff. Again, I don't understand why a big-time athlete would need the services of 66 different individuals to work on the most important part of his career, his physical well-being. And some of them, you know, uh, wanting to do it within the hour. Chris, you be uh, the person who I'm, uh, I, I, the one person in my life who is who works on me because that's you got what it. I would do. One person who well, works I'm on a, me. I'm a hey, tiny I'm, call, I'm calling you. I'm calling you up and I'm saying to you, hey, are you available for a massage at uh, eight o'clock tonight? Uh, actually, I, I can't do it. Is there any okay. time tomorrow? Yeah, how about in the next half hour? Wait, what? No. Or if I'm desperate. I do reach out to the one person who's maybe because I make millions of dollars. I've contracted to work for me at any point. I need you. Right. How does that conversation go? Hey, are you free at eight o'clock tonight? Well, I'm your employee. So, yes. Yes. Why do you need to contact strangers through Instagram? What's up with that? And then the behavior that these women tell the New York Times and also have told through depositions, the behavior, again, the word I've been using the last couple of days, and I, <clears throat> I've been, <clears throat> I haven't, 
Oh, I mean. Okay, you, know, you know, Chris, the thing is, though, out, right, man, it, it it's like you and I were talking earlier. It's this could be kind of like a mental thing, right? Like, no, I've been. <clears throat> I don't know. What's so going on, man. the word crazy. that I've been using the last couple of days is vile. The behavior that they're describing, if you're going through Instagram and you're doing this, the only thing you can you can just by reading all of this. The only word that you come up with is predatory. This must be accounted for. The process can no longer just be respected if the respect was not paid to even reach out to an accuser to find out what she's got to say before you give all of this money to the quarterback who does need to account for this in the court of public opinion if he is going to be allowed to play football. These things must be rectified. This circle must be squared. And time is running out because he's showing up for work next week. Will he not meet with the media? Will he not answer these questions? Will the process be respected then? These are absolutely questions that must be answered and addressed for a fan base that the team intends to place this quarterback in front of and ask them to root for him. And for a sport that intends to ask the fan base to understand that this stuff cannot stand either without an answer to it. 66 different people. And what's with the NDA about And if the Texans did provide him with a space in a local club that he was using for these massages to take place in, did they, did they pay for his room? I mean, this opens up a whole different avenue of conversations as part of the process is being respected. Albert Breer coming up in a moment. This has many more questions about it now than we had yesterday and the day before, which is why I'm continuing to talk about this in the manner in which I'm talking about it. I mean, you read it and you're like, makes no sense at all. And then the last part about it, again, based on, on this story that included some details from the 24th lawsuit that came just the other day and the comment comes back from Watson's attorneys that they can't comment on on at the moment because their investigative team needs to look into this person whose name was unfamiliar to them until she filed. And then the last line is Deshaun Watson remains, says that he never did anything inappropriate with these women. Another role play, Chris. Ready. Let's say I'm accused in a lawsuit of the same stuff that Deshaun Watson was accused of in the 24th lawsuit. Okay. Go ahead and ask me if I, you know, for comment on it. Uh, Hey, Rich, uh, a lot of things coming out about you right now. Uh, Would you care to comment on the situation? Yeah. Are you kidding me? I would never do such a thing. Are you kidding me? You need to look into the window of my soul. Here it is. I would never do anything like that. 
not, well, we can't respond at this time. We got to look into it. Look into what? You said he didn't do it. You said he never did any of this stuff. That should be the top storyline. None of this makes sense. And I want it so badly to work out for this guy who I believed in from the minute I spoke a word to him when he was in Clemson. I so want to believe that that's the guy who that guy is today. But you look at everything that this is this whole world that he was living in for 17 months. And you've got to sit here if you're the Browns and say, have you worked on this issue, Deshaun? Because you got an issue. Before we put you on the field and the league's just got to put him on the commissioner's exempt list until this whole thing gets figured out. There could be a 25th, the 26th lawsuit coming. How do we know this? it's the end of it? Hope this is the last time I talk about this for a while, but he's going to show up for work next week.